Welcome back to a special Halloween episode. Part, part two. two. Oh, oh. Hope you listen to part one. If you didn't, go back. Guys. What are you doing? There's another part to this. Guys. Go listen to that shit. We cover like most of the movie. <laughs> and now we're going to wrap up and repeat ourselves. It's like, that's not true. We actually have two more stories to get into on this movie. It's broken up into five different stories. Uh, six technically, uh, including the top and the bottom. But yeah, guys, there's plenty more to get into. So I hope you enjoy it. Stay spooky out there. We will see you on the other dark side. Look what you made me. Boo! Boo. Um, so yeah, let's see. Story number four. Let, what is that called? Let's find out here. The Crate. The Crate. I yeah, finally oh, started crate. writing them down. Yeah, this one uh, I remember pretty vividly as well. Um, because of the monster being pretty intense. Um, also, the crate idea. Crate idea is fun. Crate idea is absolutely Mysterious fun. Crate. Claws reaching yeah. out of a crate. Very the fun. The peeking in, the blowing off the dust, like the tension of that. Awesome, I felt. Yeah, but let's talk about all of the inconsistencies. Okay. If we can. Sure. So it's a crate that... Oh, can um, we just say hell of a toot? Hell of a toot? This dude says something about hell of a toot at the beginning of this thing. Oh. It, I did not know what the hell he was trying to convey there. Yeah, no. Uh, the crate is marked Arctic Expedition, uh, mm -hmm. June 19th, 1834. This is not an Arctic creature. No. I, I will say if you needed to make this movie shorter, mm -hmm. this is how you do it. You just cut this whole thing out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, this is not... This is, this is short. This should be a five-minute short. I'm going to argue if you were going to cut something out, cut out the first story because I don't care about any of those characters. They all deserve to die. This one, I kind of have I, some empathy. And I feel like we could just do this thing at the end. Like, what would you cut? You know, which one would you cut? And we already did it. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. Um, yeah. I find it interesting that this is the one that you would want to cut when this is the most like childlike in my opinion, this is what would have appealed to me anyway the most as a kid. It's a monster in oh, a box. And that's why I started talking about it as such. As a child, yeah. But mm -hmm. as an adult, fuck this. Uh, this is not that yeah. fun to watch. It's tedious. The actors are not interesting. I have a note about sniveling little man because the guy that's supposedly womanizing young, you know, um, students or whoever, you know, whoever Dex, they are. Yeah. Professor Stanley. And yeah. he, he is just like grossly uh pathetic later yes. i it was it was it's hard to watch i don't care for it it's also like this mad husband revenge narrative and it's like just i, I you heard me i kept mm. saying leave her just fucking leave her yeah, what seriously. are you doing i don't i don't understand the motive for any of the characters in the in this movie but this is like the prime example i don't understand what this guy is doing with wilma slash billy uh, she's awful. Well, and it's directed that way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they want her to just be terrible all of the time. She will have a hint, like seriously, not even more than three seconds of humility and then back into the biggest B of all time. So um, I don't know what to say about this except for it's as a child, it's easy to watch. Because everything's so, oh, it, it's exaggerated. It's over the yes. top. Yeah. Um, so you get what's going on pretty easily, except for the adultery, I guess. No, there's no adultery. He's single, isn't he? 
Um, uh, Professor Stanley, the, who's the guy, womanizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe he is single. So um, all, the only thing that's a problem here is um, the relationship of... I don't remember the guy's name. Wilma and Henry. Yeah. Yeah. And I I'm sorry a, we're not talking about the actors either, guys. It's just... There's a lot of people. This shit is dull. <laughs> it's dense. It's very dense. Um, and there's so much to talk about here. I just... I really enjoyed the janitor, and I didn't want Mike the janitor to die. I really love how much the 80s loved janitors. They usually show them as like this nice guy who's well-intentioned, very sweet, looking out for the school that he works for. That's cool. Um, there are exemptions to this. That's I, hard to listen to considering exceptions. that we just watched um, I'm, I'm Thinking About Ending Things. The um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no spoilers, but definitely go watch that. It's great. Um, yeah, uh, no, I'm talking about 80s janitors. They're always nice, well-intentioned I people. I love that band. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, 80s jan- janitors. Because that's a dope band name. <laughs> it's not bad. It would be like Polyphonic Spree. It would just be like tons and tons of It would be 80 people just as janitors. So, yeah, the janitor is probably the most tender, relatable character in the movie. But this whole thing, after he's dead, and we get some gruesome moments in this, by the way. Yeah. Uh, This is where you kind of checked out a a bit because of the gruesome stuff. It it really is just a thrasher portion of the movie. There were parts of it that I really enjoyed, though. Anytime someone gets taken by the monster in the crate. With a certain set of skills? Yes. Um, Anyone who gets taken by the monster in the crate, um, before they die, they show this big red light behind them, right? I don't know. It was campy. It was dumb. And I enjoyed it. So, um, gosh, we haven't even talked about how this works. Basically, um, they find a crate in this university. They break it open. Um there's a monster in it kills a janitor uh then kills the girl no then it kills john another guy who happens to be in the university oh that's right yeah Uh, he tells john and john's like oh john should have thought this motherfucker killed everybody yeah at this point i get real mad uh so the I apologize. I was ready to not talk about this because I feel like it's terrible, but it's actually more worthy of talk than any other scene or any other bit because... It's interesting. It's so stupid. And very inconsistent. So John does have a moment where he doesn't believe Professor Stanley. So Mm -hmm. Professor Stanley is like, no, you got to come and see this. And then um, John for some... I felt like he's going to see it to be like you killed somebody yeah just to have proof yeah yeah but to be a witness but then um the box is moved back under the staircase and what does john do he wants to go get the janitor's shoe so he can measure bite marks to figure out what the beast is he fully fully believes believes him right he first grabs a flashlight 
um, doesn't really do much with that flashlight except try to knock the boot over so he can grab that and measure the bite marks. Like, But of course the monster gets him. Yeah. We fully expect this to happen. Oh, that's where we get some gore. We get some scratchy face. We get some serious gore. Dude, yeah. it was like... Uh, a butter knife through Play-Doh was what the the makeup looked like when the monster was like tearing yeah. into his face. Oh, it was gross. It was really gross. Anyway, then uh, Professor Stanley goes to Henry's house and he's like, is Wilma here? Henry's like, nah. That bitch ain't home. And then they talk about it. And then this is when Henry gets the big idea to... Uh, roofie Professor Stanley. Oh, that was so odd. Who has probably roofied college students. Yeah. But let's not even get into that. Full um, Cosby. Yeah. Goes full Cosby on Professor Stanley. And then... Um, I shouldn't say full Cosby. He goes yeah. half Cosby. Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't uh, say that in general. That's that's hurtful to people who were victimized is actually, by... You're right. You're right. Hey, yes. we might have to leave this in just to acknowledge that might not, might not be cool. Mm, others yeah. can learn from that. You know what? Yes. Let's hope others learn from that. I'm not going to say that anymore. That's not great. So, okay. So then Henry gets this big idea that this is how he gets rid of Wilma. So he leaves her this note saying that she should come to the university because... Professor Stanley has beaten a girl. She fully believes this story. She just likes the gossip, so of course she believes it. Like, she's yeah. so thirsty for the juice mm-hmm. that well, she, she fully believes she it. She has a desire to be superior yeah. at all times. She wants and to And she's know. loud. Like, this is why I can't stand this, and I think it should be cut, just because it's obnoxious. Okay, um, there's a moment that is awesome and it's totally worth it but that's why i say uh you could do five to ten minutes instead of what they did which is like 20 something yeah but um it's when the janitor and um the womanizer professor god we don't know his name professor stanley professor stanley stanley yeah wow with two S's? Two S's, four T's. Four? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Um, but they're opening the box. The crate scene is pretty cool. I love that. Yeah, square nails. You said that while we were watching it. You yeah. really enjoy square there, there's nails. There's something about that. It, it adds authenticity to any horror film to have a, a square nail and, or a rectangular nail, uh, if you want to be accurate. Right, you know. whatever. Uh, instead yeah. of a mass-produced circle, uh, or sorry, um, uh, uh, just well-rounded nail. Yeah. <laughs> you ever had a well-rounded nail? I have, yeah. Um, Spoke three languages. Oh, that was a great shot. Um, so, all right. But yeah, they open the thing, and it's where we discover the monster, and that's all there needs to be. I feel like these things are so much more impactful if you condense them, mm-hmm. if you just shave off some of this stuff. But they're trying to make a film. If this is, you know... I guess a television thing, this would be better. Yeah. Yeah. If it was episodic instead of like being condensed. This would work now. And there, there is a new creep show. Apparently they really, yeah, they, uh, I don't know what 
uh, network carries it, but there's a modern creep show. Well, I say that like I'd care to watch it. I would not. Oh, we haven't gotten to that part of the show yet. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Right, so they open the crate, tear his ass up. Uh what do we need to talk about anymore? Because yeah. the guy hates his wife so much, he fan- fantasizes about her death several times. Yes. Um, and then finally finds a way to kill her without any guilt. Even yeah. though th- the friend, uh, womanizer guy, points out mm-hmm. to him, well, you set it all up, so how did you not kill her? You right. Know? Yeah. Right. But then um, he asked Professor Stanley, like, are you going to say anything? Because I won't say anything. Mm-hmm. And then he becomes complicit. About the girl that you led to this place and she died. And this is why I argue that they don't get their comeuppance, right? I don't necessarily feel like anybody... Kaylee, he can't say anything because there's no proof. There's no there's no telling who right. killed who because the monster is in the ocean. Let's talk about that real quick so we can wrap this up because this is kind of a shitty fucking story. <laughs> uh, they uh, wrap him up, or not they... Um, what's the main character's name? Henry. Henry. Yeah. Uh, chains up a, the box that the monster is in, throws mm-hmm. him in the ocean, mm-hmm. and thinks it's done. Yeah. But then we get some glimpse of the monster kind of shimmying out of the box under the ocean in his face. So I enjoyed that so much. We see the claws coming out of the crate. Yeah. It's so it would have freaked me out so much as a little kid, but now that it doesn't scare me as much, I'm able to enjoy that kind of aesthetic. That You're going to tell me they're going to show 10 minutes of these dorks talking, but they're not going to show me one minute of this monster having its revenge on them? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm why saying. I'm because that all, it seems like all of these tales are meant to be some sort of retribution, some sort of revenge or you know karma, whatever. It It's meant to be... A, coincidence you know the not coincidence what i'm saying the what am i i don't know what you're trying to say yeah consequences it's meant to be the consequence Mm -hmm. of bad behavior that's where i disagree with you i'm gonna go back to the thought that this is about um displacing power uh power shift right because wilma has all the power in that relationship She's bossy and obnoxious and a know-it-all. And then Henry takes power and he murders her by proxy. So there's now a power shift, right? And then Henry like becomes is, the one who's in charge. But Kaylee, these are abused people. If not for anything, in their minds, abused. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And maybe that's why this appeals so much to the kid in the beginning. Because we know that's a shitty stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. So he is abused verbally. That much is readily apparent, as is Henry by Wilma. Um, yeah. Uh, maybe there is abuse in all of... Girl, God, there's, the plant a, one there, is such there's a an exception. moment in this story where, at the very beginning, where... Um, he comes out after the homie leaves and he doesn't know where he's going. And mm-hmm. I guess he assumes he's going to like hang out with some young girl and, you know, get his rocks off. So he's jealous. I mean, this guy's envious of his friend. Um, but yes. he comes out and his wife instantly slams him. So then we see him pull out a gun and shoot her directly in the forehead. And everybody claps. People are saying, nice shot. Yeah. 
this is I feel like these are all revenge narratives. Hmm. Yes. And yeah, it's, it is a dig to grave situation for the This most is part. why the plant one is such an exception. Where is yeah. the revenge narrative there? I don't get it. Well, <laughs> that one's just, it doesn't feel like it belongs with the rest well, of the I, stories. And I think this is, you know, ultimately this is more along the lines of a Twilight Zone where it's just kind of weird tales, you know. Right. Um, ironic or whatever it may be. I don't know, but at the end of this, we have this moment where we're supposed to empathize with Henry so much that we're supposed to be okay with the fact that he's killing Wilma. Wilma says, when was the last time you were a man in bed? So we just really solidify the fact that she's a piece of shit, right? And uh, we as an audience are supposed to feel like, yeah, she should die. I don't feel that way. Um, I know. This is tough. She man. sucks, but Henry should just leave. She's her. really terrible, but it's not about killing her. Just go, dude. Yeah. She keeps selling herself as so important that he, what would she do without him, right. right? Or what would he do without her? I'm sorry. Um, that's bullshit. Absolutely. Of course so, it is. There's no reason to kill somebody because they think. They're superior to you. Just I just fundamentally wrong. have issues with this. So yeah, that's why I say cut this one. Moving on, we can talk about the next story. Oh, you mean Karen the musical? Karen the musical? What? <laughs> what? Mr. Pratt. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Karen the musical. I'm cool with that. That's fine. Uh, it's called They're Creeping Upon You. They're Creeping Upon You, but uh, yeah. I call it Karen the musical. This man... It's an old guy in a pretty sterilized room, and he's irritated. He's very easily bothered, and he's pretty much OCD. I don't think they acknowledge it as such. This is so old that we don't talk about it like that. Right, but he is definitely um, living with OCD. Yeah. Um, And clear message here. Oh, it's so it's a class message. Blunt. Yeah. yeah. It's a race, most likely, and certainly class message here. Yeah. So uh, there's a phone call that happens. Um, something about uh, the main character, Pratt, his company is absorbing another company. Uh, and the end of the phone call is this guy... George killed himself and he killed himself because he was losing his company I think that's what we are supposed to get from that phone call okay but of course the main character Pratt does not care about this he's like whatever I get that money that's Mm -hmm. awesome we don't have to have him on the board or whatever right that's great so then um yeah he's (laughs) he's getting off the phone with this guy and he says Um, Oh, no, 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 no. George is the guy he's talking to on the phone. I don't know that we know the name of the guy who killed himself. But anyway, he's talking to his buddy, George, on the phone. And he says to George, quote, go out and fuck somebody. Wear a rubber, everybody. uh, Oh, that's not an exact quote now. But he says, (laughs) (laughs) wear a rubber because everybody's got herpes. Yeah, that's true, though. Yeah, definitely. So why would you need to wear a rubber? 
Right, but like practice. If everybody's got everybody it. Everybody does have herpes. That's this very is, true. All right, so I would have retitled this white nonsense, because <laughs> um, this is clearly a xenophobic nightmare. It's very clear and apparent that this is a class and race uh, themed short story. It's interesting the way they lay all this out. Uh, I don't know that I would have sequenced it the same. If you had your way, how would you have arranged these stories? Uh, I would have taken out the plant one completely. Okay. I probably would have taken out the first story or changed it. I think you can only remove one. I don't think they're going to let you get by with... More than three one. Yeah, yeah 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 only yeah. three stories um then i definitely revised I mean, the first act. one right it's not though you know what i mean with the bookends it's a six make act. it a three act play and be done with it that's why i say remove one then it's a right. five act and then you can just set up the story with the little boy and his asshole stepdad or dad or whatever that yeah. guy is yeah. as the chorus and then we have a three act play and we're done yeah all right if i have to structure it after monster in the crate is gone. Mm-hmm. I think I start with the shitty one that you don't like. Which one? The the um meteor one. The plant one. Okay. I think I start with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the beginning sequence, they do mention all the stories. The dad riffs off all the ideas. You mm-hmm. heard that? Yes, I did. Um, does he riff them off in order though? Uh, I think so. Because as an editing person, that would drive me crazy that he set them in order and now I have to edit the film in a different order. I imagine they already had this hashed out before they shot. No. I can imagine you're fucking rearranging this after viewings. You're showing it to people, right? You have to shop this. Oh, true. Okay, yeah. So which ones build more you know, tension and steam for the next? Because you're going to have... Peaks and valleys, I would imagine, with this. Yeah. I don't know. This is tough. All right. So you want to remove... Which one? I would remove the meteorite one. All right. You're going to remove that. So what would you... What, which one would you start with? Uh, I would... Hmm. I'm starting to want to remove the cockroach one. I would start with the crate one. And I know we're not talking about that, because I don't think we have to. This That, that shit sucked. Um, the cockroach, the last thing. We didn't uh, talk about it at all. Oh, I really want to talk about the cockroach thing. All right, let's I finish really, up. I really, really do. All right, so the cockroach one was my favorite story out of all of the stories because it, one, creeped me out the most, two, was very open and honest about what its intentions were, and then three, we'll get into this more when we talk about like my favorite and least favorite stuff when we get to that segment, but three... Um, I really enjoyed the futuristic aesthetic that this one has. That, like, 1970s, um, I don't know, very white, clean This is why I think it's not, there's not a lot to talk about here. It's very straightforward. Yes. Everything's very white in his robe. But there are so many little things going on here. For example, his robe... um, has his initials on it it's urp so it spells erp yes i enjoyed that that was very fun um yeah what are some other i wanted wanted to be things um just in general like the name selection going on here pratt this guy is a whining 
old mm-hmm. Pratt. That's mm-hmm. kind of very mm-hmm. fun. Uh, what are some other things? Uh, just oh, I think there's something even more to his name too. Um, the janitor guy or the maintenance guy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the I think the only other person we see, right? Yes. And he's a black guy. And that is pointed out by the main character. Who says, uh, he says, quote, people of color do well in service jobs. He's just explaining how racist he is to a person of color. Yeah. Mr. White is his name. The janitor guy's name is Mr. White? Yes. Oh, boy. Yeah. Again, very interesting name choices here. I'm all about names in a book. I like looking into like how the author came to a specific name. The only other thing that I can comment on with this uh, segment is that it starts with the word bastard and it ends with the word bastard. Uh, The first bastard is, of course, Pratt saying that about the bugs. And then the last bastard is Mr. White saying that about Mr. Pratt. Yeah. It's very fun. Upson Pratt. Upson. Upson. Nice. Not Upton? Mm-mm. Upson. Upson. Although I think I did read it elsewhere that it was like Upton Pratt. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Either way, pretty straightforward. Um, I, I'm mad at it only because I feel like timing wise it's terrible i feel like this should be middle of the film i feel like it has to go at the end because it is set in i'm assuming the future future. right so it has to be the last tale and that's unfortunate because i I don't think it's the strongest that makes it a victim of its era then yes yes i think they're all a victim of their era a 90s movie would have put this at the top the future at the top and then make you work the other way around. Like Mm -hmm. there's just different things that people would have done with that. Um, So I think I'm a victim of my era in which this seems tired. (laughs) It is. It is. We can move on. Okay. So then we get to the end and it's this little boy up in his room with a voodoo doll of his dad. Oh no. The best part of that is, the garbage guys come to pick up oh, the garbage. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. And they're like mad at the garbage truck that they work on. They tell it to um, chew, <laughs> chew your food. Yeah. Chew before you swallow. Yeah. It's like it was already doing that, guys. But all right. So they see the comic book and they're flipping through it. This is really wild that they have enough time to do this. Uh, they flip through the comic book. Yeah. And they see that one of the ads is, like, one of the coupons is missing. Yeah. And they, they comment about what it's for. It's a voodoo doll. That's right. Um, so who last had that comic book? <gasps> the little boy. And then the dad complains Stephen about... Stephen son. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. That makes you very angry. It does. And then the dad complains about having a pain in his neck, and that just solidifies the whole thing for us. We're like, yeah. This kid is definitely doing voodoo. Oh, that kid starts going in with the needle on the oh neck. Oh, my God. And he yeah. kills his dad. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, we don't... Do we know that he killed him, though? Uh, it 
seems like he, it. You would think. He gets that red background behind him, and up uh, to this point, that has meant death. Last time we saw that, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to assume that that is still the case here. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we get to the end, right? And the dad dies. The dad took away this kid's comic. As a dad, I'm getting really bummed out. Right. The dad took away this kid's comic because this kid shouldn't be reading this kind of stuff. And to... Discipline, man. This is not okay for this dad to die um, because he's disciplining his child, but he's an asshole. Yeah, to prove that that was the wrong move for this dad to take, the kid... Shows how much he has learned from it's these a conundrum. comics. It's a it's conundrum. Weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to do here. The dad is is shitty. He yes. sucks. Yeah. Should he die? Yeah, probably. But the kid is also crazy. He is a product of his environment. Yeah, we can't. I'm not going to judge the kid. No. We got to move. I mean, all right. So by the the end of this, I think, as we know, mm-hmm. children check out pretty early in movies. So I think I'm only watching like. The first two of these. Yeah, and the first two are... Mostly the the growth one yeah. with Stephen King. Yeah, that's when you could really, really check in as a kid. Because yeah. the first one's pretty boring as mm-hmm. far as kid stuff goes until the but dad pops out. But it's got the spooky... Yeah. Yeah. And the silly phrase of, I got my cake. Zombie hands. Yep. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to be the guy in the last bit. Why is that? Well, look at the world we live in. Oh, yeah. We're all like scared of germs it's and stuff right now. To, yeah. the, to the nth degree. Oh, there was the ashtray. It was a soap dish for him. Oh, there we didn't. Go. Have we talked about the ashtray? Let's talk about the Holy ashtray. Shit. Okay. Yeah. And, and I don't know that we noticed any other like consistent connections between every story other than an ashtray that seems to appear in every single one. Now, I can't tell you where it is in the first one. The first story... Oh, the first story. That's the weapon that... Oh, that's the weapon. Yes. I'm sorry. Well, is it the... Se- All right. So, no, we see it in the second one. He's got it on his table. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third story... Uh, where is it in the third story? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, I, fi- I knew there was one where we didn't really see it. I think it, it was in, like, Henry's office. Oh, no. I, yeah, yeah. No, it was in his bedroom. Yes. In his bedroom on the okay. nightstand. There you go. Um, number four. Where was it there? Where was it in number four? It would have had to have been in the old man's house. Um, the old man. Uh, Becky's husband's house. Oh, going back to that, I have a really fun note. Yeah. Because... And I hate to do this, and we might have to like do some really fun editing where I put this back in to our conversation but mm-hmm. there is a scene um this the scene in which uh the womanizing professor uh, do you know his name stanley yes uh his name <laughs> all right so stanley is finally he's telling him what happened right mm-hmm. like he's sitting they're sitting in the, in the office they're being really cool friends actually you know it's kind of a nice moment yeah. but um the homie <laughs> not stanley not what's his, stanley what's his name uh henry henry um so S- stanley's talking to henry 
in whoever's office and Henry has a shirt that is just unbuttoned almost all the way down his body. Yes. Right? Yeah. And my note is how much chest is necessary? <laughs> and then I wrote chestessary? <laughs> <laughs> all the chest. All so the chest is If for nothing else, I hope this episode inspires the terminology of chestessary. Like, that's not chestessary. <laughs> you can say that to your homegirl. Oh, well. Too much cleave? That's not chestessary. <laughs> okay? Only if we're, like, going to the grocery store. Girl, too much chestessary. Because I fully believe the homie had too much chest. That Aww. was not chestessary. Don't shame this man's sexuality. I'm not shaming. <laughs> that's my opinion. Okay. Not chestessary. <laughs> All right. What did you like the most about this, Kaylee? I am so excited to talk about this. I loved the sets. Hear me out on this. Okay. okay. So when I was a little kid, my dad and I watched old cartoons together. And one of my favorites was Tom and Jerry. And my dad loved Chuck Jones, Tom and Jerry cartoons. Okay. Specifically Chuck Jones. Um, they have this very specific art style that's like mid-century modern, but futuristic, very contemporary. Yes. I have such an affinity for this style. I, I love it. And it's like every single one of these sets had some element of that mm -hmm. to it. And I think that's why I like the bug one the most, because it is so like... It's almost Kubrickian. Like it's got yeah. like... It's sterile, it's white, yeah. it's futury. There are very specific noises it's that clean. are, yeah, there are noises that could have been on the Jetsons or on one of these Chuck Jones episodes mm -hmm. um, of Tom and Jerry. And the star of that does come off as comical. Look at that. I mean, it's like he has very balding, crazy hair, clownish hair. Um, yeah. Wow. That, that's really cool. Yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the sets, if nothing else. I, I really liked the makeup, um, like all of the monster makeup was very fun. That was great. Um, yeah. What didn't you like about it? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what I did not like was the water coming up on Ted Danson and Becky, it freaked me out so much. Like just just a head above mm -hmm. sand and the water is lapping at you and I can feel myself like start to hold my breath. That was the realest part of the movie. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It was scary and they're doing such a great job of acting. I don't know how safe or unsafe this was for the actors uh, while they were shooting it, but their fear looks pretty genuine to me i don't know how it could not be right i mean that's like it's scary it's I, scary i kept thinking about that too like i could not do this scene i don't think i could even pretend to do this no and i even wrote at the end of my notes like god bless the man in the bug sketch because i don't want to be around all them bugs absolutely no. <laughs> not could not do it no 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 this is a brave man yeah. And, uh, yeah, he deserves the accolade for it. Totally. Yeah, anyway, that's my favorite and my least favorite. What about you? But I have to say my favorite thing 
is probably. All right, everybody, I'm happy for you. I'm gonna let you finish. But this video is the greatest of all time. The greatest of all time. Oh. Right, that was Disturbia by Rihanna because of course. Bum 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 bum. I'm just I'm picturing her recording this, spinning around in that chair and, and mouthing bum bum. Just <laughs> how ridiculous that must have felt. Oh my god, yeah. Um, okay, so some things worth note. This came out when I was like 15, 16 years old. Okay. Um, yeah, it's Rocky Mountain Recorders. Is uh, she see? Is she seeing Chris Brown at this time? Chris Brown is a songwriter for this song. Fuck me. Yes, he has a credit oh. here. Um, he got to it before I could get to it. Mm. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of Because I had a... suspicions. I'm like, the production, who's the producer on it? Does it say? Oh, God. Yeah, hang on, hang on, hang but on. Yeah, the production is that era, so I'm thinking... Yeah, producer is Brian Kennedy and um, Makeba Riddick. I don't know who that is. Um, huh. Yeah, very fascinating. Um, it was recorded it is a very pop thing so in 2008 so oh god wow i would have been like 13 or 14 ish when this came out mm -hmm. yeah no and i just i remember loving the song and then watching the video sometime in high school and i i don't watch a lot of spooky stuff so i had trouble finding a music video from my past that was spooky and i figured at some point in your life you've probably seen at least part of this yeah yeah. Yeah, I can't say I've ever watched it all the way through before. There you go. I can't tell you how many times I watched this all the way through when I was in high school. I just, I loved it. I um, remember it being interlaced with, like, scenes from the film, because it is from the film. Yeah, well, I've never Disturbed seen the you. film, so I can't comment on that. I believe I've seen but, that. Yeah. Um, uh, hard to say. If I saw it, it was, like, right when it came out back then. But, um, yeah, I I thought it they that they combined them. But, yeah, clearly they don't. It's... Uh, I wouldn't call it spooky until like the second half. Yeah. They, they kind of kick into some... Spooky. It's kind of like a fight club situation. It just gets crazier and crazier the further you go into it. Sure. That's yeah. Once fun. you see the the big, uh, you know, guy with like paint on him playing the drums, just being like sad and lazy <laughs> as shit. Um, yeah, that's a little... That's a turning point right there. Oh, uh, um, really? It made me laugh, and then, then they started putting some spooky clothes on because they knew I was laughing at them. Mm -hmm. They're like, nah, we're going to show this bitch. Yeah, we're going to intimidate Ryan <laughs> now. Um, and it was mostly, I think, the creepiest, spookiest stuff about this is like some of the situation she's in. She's in this room, and it's like pulling up the floor, trying to pull up the floor to get out, but like that wouldn't work. So she's clearly trapped, but she's trying anyway, and it's like... Right, yeah. That kind of thing is, you know... Desperation is scary. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Um, I remember just really loving, I hate auto-tune. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this was hard. I'm to listening listen to. to this now and it's cringy. Like, Rihanna has such a beautiful voice. Obviously, she doesn't need auto-tune yeah. in any capacity. But it was so popular when this came out. I get well, why even if she there. does, she th this was a time when people were overusing it as an effect. I mean, not that they don't now. Yeah. Uh, but it was the beginning of that. The and it was everywhere. Era. They slapped it on everything. And T-Pain used it incredibly well. Um, if you go back, all that stuff holds up. 
Yeah. Like the guys that are rap singers now, they're just doing what T-Pain did, you know, 15 years ago. Right, um, right. Um, but I love how uh, towards the end of the music video, the auto-tuning, the, the glitchiness of it syncs up with uh, images of Rihanna glitching and shaking. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty enjoyable for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I picked this namely because it's the only scary thing in my repertoire, but also because it affected me so much when I was in high school. Um, I went out and I bought red lipstick after watching this. I was like, this is the look. I need this look. And then later I cut my hair super short, so maybe Rihanna was my influence. Yeah, I don't like this song. I And really? that's why I wouldn't have committed to a full viewing. I just don't... It's... Again... In an era of music that I'm not a big fan of, um, mm. I think there's a lot of production choices. And that's why I was asking for some notes on that. Um, I'm like super into music production and, and um, you know, just analysis. So um, that's all I could think about while I was watching this because I didn't think the video was that interesting. It was a lot of glitchy editing, you know, um, quick cuts and sure. um, people kind of in awkward positions. But This was one of my first experiences exposures to drag culture there's a drag queen in here and up to this point my only exposure is rocky horror picture show Mm. um yeah so it it took me several watches to realize that this is an individual in drag Mm -hmm. that's kind of interesting now that i watch it i'm like yes this is definitely drag and i can clearly see that on the first viewing um but i think that's because i just i didn't know what drag was I had not been exposed at that point to that culture. And um, yeah, I wasn't really looking for it because I frankly didn't know it existed yet. And now it's such a overly saturated part of my life that it's it's just readily apparent. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's fun to come back and watch these kinds of things, right? It's that's really kind of the point, yeah. It's really fascinating to look back at the stuff that I was into and how it translates to who I am now. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of our whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. I All was right. into drag before I was even into drag. That's fun. He knew you before you were born, Kaylee. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and when it was two footprints in the sand. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I think this was... I'm trying to find a positive here, you know, what I like about it. Um, Yeah, I think just some of the tension in some of the frames, you know, how they Mm. set up certain situations to put her in. Um, That was the only thing that really drew me in. Otherwise, I felt like it was over-polished pop music, you know, not really for me. Uh, So, yeah. Um, Something you particularly hated about this? The Anything? auto-tune. Yeah, it was, okay. It seemed totally inappropriate. Gotcha. Yeah, it was like, it felt like you were putting auto-tune on Britney Spears. Yeah, okay. Because this yeah. could easily be a Britney Spears song. Oh, totally. Right. This could be a Sia song. This could be like sure. so many people. Yeah. So I think that's a terrible choice. Yeah, um, I'm not about crazy you? about her getting up on a mannequin. <laughs> Seemed a little strange to me. Well, different strokes. Different strokes for different folks. Rihanna. Rihanna. It's not even like a scary or sexy thing. It's just weird. 
Right. And I think that's the, the confusing part of this is Disturbia really does apply because it's just awkward. Yeah, right? it's just odd. I don't find it to be that that much of a thriller. I have not seen... I mean, I'm trying to think what happens in the movie. It's, it's about a stalker, I guess, but... Um, who knows? I don't know. It's not again, not that scary. They're they're. It's mostly uh, like a weird thing, like the yeah. people that show up in Halloween, like alien. It costumes. still has to be consumable to the general public, so I get why they don't go that scary. Bum 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 bum. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't think I want to watch this with you again. That's okay. I don't necessarily need to watch this again. I feel like I've come full circle. Yeah, I've watched it. I learned something about my younger self, and now I can move right. on with my How life. How about this, though? Yeah. What if we end up watching the movie somehow? Uh-huh. Are we sticking around for the end credits where this song is playing? Yes. Yeah. I still love the song. The really song's know. fun. I, I think it's a little too long, too. It gets into this bridge part that's just... Um, yeah. yeah. She, she goes into this falsetto note in the auto-tune. It just sounds so fucking it's weird. It's very Cher. Yeah. Well, it it's just not... It's not pleasant. No, me. no, no, no. Neither was vocoder share. So right, that's right. fine. Anyway, thank you for uh, experiencing this with me again. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, back to the spookiness. Woo. Drug. Oh, well, I was prepared to tell you what I was going to. You were prepared <laughs> to do what you were going to do? Hey, guys, I'm sorry that I interrupted everything, and then I'm coming back to not interrupt everything, but um, what I liked about this is most of the stuff I liked when I was a kid, um, you know, it all still kind of works for me in some way. It's silly, but again, that's nostalgia, so, uh, you know, I'm I'm already touched. Like, it, it already resonates the same way. In some ways, there are things. Show me where Stephen King touched you. Gross. Um, comic styling. I felt yeah. like that's Romero, though. That's not Stephen King. The uh, comic stuff, while inconsistent, when it worked, it worked so well, man. I thought there were some times it was fun. where it was yeah. so cool. And again, as a kid, totally like, yeah, drew me in. Um, sound design of this film is awesome. Yes. There's some fun stuff going on sound-wise. It reminded me a lot of Silver Bullet. Like the yeah. same kind of music, the same mm-hmm. kind of synthy sounds. Yes. It's bouncy. It's yes. not a like... It's edgy horror in the theory of it. You know, some of these... The context mm-hmm. of these things uh, are pretty dark in yeah. some cases. But sound-wise, they, they keep you... Um, I don't know. They do a great it, job it's of fantastic you on yeah. when you should feel spooked. Yeah. I feel like good sound design makes sure that, like, you're, you're still having fun. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and we'll watch some other movies that uh, do that a little bit oh, better. Oh, I'm sure we will. But um, I think, ultimately, my favorite thing about this is the imagination scenes in the Stephen King. I am so mad. Why? Because it fully illustrated all of my fears as really? a child. Yeah. Well. I think that's why I watch this movie so much. Now it's just I that feel story. like an asshole. Don't that's, feel like an asshole. No, you shouldn't. kind of beautiful. You shouldn't feel like an asshole, but I will tell you that as a kid, I, as a, an, an adult, it's like, 
Mm. Yeah, I, I get it. It's weird. It's very comic-y, though. So yes. it ties into the comic aesthetic, which is what I appreciate about this movie still. I like that it feels like a little underground horror comic. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, him imagining what's going to happen and then that preventing him from doing the right thing, yeah. that is the illustration of anxiety. Yeah. Wow. What a treat to have a representation of that at such a young age. I didn't recognize it as such then. Sure, no, but just for the concept to be there, to be available. Not that I think that this is a kid's movie, because, like, fuck no, it's not. Right. Um, But just for you to have some sort of representation for that at a young age. This could have, I mean, that alone could have been a little short for children. Sure. Yeah. There's nothing offensive about it. No. uh, No, I think if I was going to show any part of this to a child, that would be the only part that I could. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Weird, right? It's very weird. Again, who is this movie for? I don't know. Because I wouldn't have enjoyed this as a teenager, and I think that's the only, like, age-appropriate group for the... Language for the content. It seems like it's preteens and teens that would enjoy this at in the in the moment. I'm telling you, like twelve on onward, I would not have enjoyed this movie. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I was a rental kid, so I I would just watch anything. I don't know. I think this would have struck me as interesting anytime, but uh. I'm curious what your least favorite part is now. Yeah, yeah let's get into that. Um, my least favorite part, it just doesn't hold up. I mean, it's not consistently good in any, in any way. Um, it's not sensitive to... I guess there's no nuance. I, you know, what I'm saying is it's so blunt with its messages. I find that that when is it a does theme happen. with Stephen King. And I mean, I know there are diehard Stephen King fans out there, like, whatever, that's cool. Uh, we talked a lot about this when I was forced to watch Silver Bullet. And if you haven't listened to that episode, please do. Um, I just don't find Stephen King to be capable of subtlety in his earlier work. Right. I fault the writing, if anything. I feel like um, Romero did the best he could. (laughs) But it's also, some of this stuff is out of his wheelhouse. I don't know how, you know, people are expecting him to direct the final scene of this. That's like a more... Sure. That's a sci-fi thing. Yeah, I'm not familiar with his body of work but just given what you told zombie, me you know, okay. just like uh, physical horror not psychological horror hmm. and you consider this all to be psychological Although horror one could argue that I, well watching the cockroaches explode out of a man's body is not psychological um, even though it is traumatizing me to watch that um <laughs> I don't know. This is confusing. This movie is confusing. I don't know what the point of some of it is. I don't either. I don't know who the audience is. I don't know why it was made. I don't know what the point of it is. 
Um, Which is very reminiscent of those early horror comics. I mean, they were just kind of like either moral tales, ironic tales. um, I don't know. And the only moral that I can pull from this is don't let your kid have these creepy comics because they will get voodoo dolls and turn into psychopaths. Don't let your kids be bad. Yeah. But also don't be an asshole wait, was dad. He being, wait, he wasn't really being bad though. Even though he was, he was kind of a dick kid. Um, he wasn't that awesome. But his dad, you know, this is the other thing. It's hard to understand where to approach this. Do we truly approach it from our current perspective? Mm -hmm. We have to do that. Yeah. But what do we give? What what else do we lend credence to? Do we say the intention versus the product at the time versus, you know, what was acceptable at the time? Now I'm getting some sort of moral accounting. This is bullshit. Yeah, I don't Um, know. Um, So I will say... My dislikes is empty because I knew that all of my dislikes were kind of the other side of each of the other side of the coin for each of my likes. Okay. The comic styles didn't work all the time. No. And wasn't necessarily present a lot. They didn't do it in every story very frequently, but some stories they did it a lot. So um, sound design, it's campy, you know, not realistic. Right. Um, Sure. The imagination scenes. I understand why that doesn't work. Okay. But again, sen- sen- the sentimentality, the nostalgia, um, they worked for me as a kid. That's what drew me in. I get it. Um, that's very interesting that we have so much duality in this movie, in these little stories, and then your likes and dislikes. They're yeah. very dualistic. Yeah. How convenient. This is a, a marathon of a film. Um, I'm sorry to have done this to you. Hey, you know what? It's okay. I will get you back but eventually. We might have to start the Halloweenathon. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks for staying spooky with us, everybody. Let's see. Uh, we got to talk about whether you'd watch this again. Fuck no. I feel like that's been covered. We're good. Um, No, I would never watch this again. And I'm not a spooky person in general, but I feel like even if I was a spooky person, nope, I'm good. Do you understand why I would show you this and why it was, you know, something important to me? Yeah, of course. And I shouldn't say important, but, you know, entertaining and it stuck with me. I feel like I've gotten a larger glimpse into your childhood. We talked about how I had never pictured you as being bratty or spoiled. And now I know there was a time in your life in which... Kind of dipped into it. I guess. Yeah. You, you dabbled. Dabbled in the art of being a douche. Um, yeah. So that was fun to learn. Um, yes, of course, you liked this as a kid. You had like free range at the Blockbuster. So, of course, this was something that you picked up and... Um, it fits with your general likes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. So next week, what are we doing? Well, we're not going to tell you what we're doing next week. Yeah. Because we have something coming up between now and then. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably tell you 
when we drop the next episode uh what we, we will what you can listen to next wednesday um so because of halloween and this very spooky episode we're, we we got to keep the spook going yeah Let's celebrate Halloween to is its that, fullest. Is that proper terminology? Keeping the spooky going? That sounds racist. Spooky season. <laughs> spooky saison! <laughs> saison! Hey, so, uh, in honor of spooky saison, we're going to bring in a spooky freon. Our friend, John Blanco, uh, he is going to come by and introduce a scary movie to us. Yeah! Which Our is, first guest episode. Well, that's kind of the premise of the guest stuff. You know, Kaylee and I share movies with each other, stuff that she hasn't seen. And I'm like, yeah, we got to watch this. And, you know, vice versa. Our friends are going to come in and say, you guys haven't seen this? Mm-hmm. So John is going to introduce us to Carnival of Souls. We are so excited for this episode. Yeah. We're so excited that we were able to safely do a guest episode finally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we cannot wait. John is someone who is very special to us. He's a very dear friend. He's like a part of the family. Uh, we cannot wait to experience his favorite Halloween movie. Yeah, so get ready for some more guest episodes. Uh, our plan is to kind of roll them out around holidays. That way you guys have some more material to listen to when you have some more time off. So, yeah, keep listening. Uh, we're going to debut that guest episode the day before Halloween. That way you got time to watch the movie and then maybe listen on Halloween or watch and then listen on Halloween. Whatever you want to do. Um, so, yeah, keep in touch with us on Instagram. Yes. And through email. Uh, Instagram we are. Look what you made me view. And our email is. Look what you made me view at gmail.com. Send us too many emails. Please. All the time. All the emails. Guys, thanks for listening. We love you. Stay safe out there. Enjoy spooky season safely. And eat the candy even if it's laced with weed. Who cares? <laughs> We don't. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Boo! <laughs> Mm-hmm. Boing, boing.